let's forget about the photos at fully. Right. So I know this is weird because we're photographers, but like <laughs> number one, what is the couple's experience like on a wedding day? Do they feel free to be themselves and do what they want when they want, or do they feel like they have to take photos for a certain amount of time and maybe look at the camera instead of spending quality time with, you know, their friends in the morning or, feel that they have to awkwardly get dressed in front of the camera and that's the only option that they have. Like, let's think about their their experience first because I do believe that great storytelling starts with letting people feel that they can be themselves and do what they want when they want. Welcome to the Light and Dark Photography Podcast, where you can build your business, grow your community, and have fun doing it. I am your host, John Mansfield. Every week, we bring you real conversations with photographers and entrepreneurs to discover ways that you can take your business to the next level and serve your clients well. We record these live in our Facebook community so you can be part of the conversation. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of whiskey and get ready for today's episode. Hey y'all, today on the podcast, I'm joined by Sarah Monica, a documentary style wedding photographer based in Toronto, Canada. She's a fellow podcast host, which is always fun. Um, Her podcast is the Shine and Thrive podcast, where she helps photographers find more creative time and financial freedom, which who doesn't want that? So definitely go check out her podcast, but not until you finish today's episode, because she is dropping a ton of great tips on how to be a confident storyteller on wedding days. She's giving tips on mindset, uh, priming your couples and setting expectations to help along the whole process. Um, So let's get into it. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, I have Sarah Monica with me today, um, a fellow podcaster. Um, we can get into your podcast uh, here in a little bit too. Um, Shine and Thrive. Are we going to get into it now? I'll, I'll let everyone know. Um, but yeah, she is the uh, podcast host of the Shine and Thrive, Shine and Thrive podcast um, and Sarah Monica Photography. Um, and you're based in, uh, in Canada, uh, Toronto, correct? Yeah, so I'm I live 45 minutes outside of Toronto. So people around the world be like, where the hell is Georgetown? I don't know where Georgetown is. So I say right. Toronto, but technically for all the Torontonians listening, I'm in Georgetown. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I used to live in Austin, Texas, but really actually lived in Georgetown, uh, Texas, which is actually about, well, that's yeah, so yeah. Funny. <laughs> uh, so it's like 20 minutes from Austin. It's in the Metroplex. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and whenever I'd go to conferences or something and people would ask like, where are you from? Like, I- I'm from Austin. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm not, you don't know where Georgetown is, but yeah. anyone from Austin is like, you're not from Austin. Exactly. You're in Georgetown. <laughs> you always have to put that disclaimer in. <laughs> uh-huh, just in case there's any locals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so we're, we're talking about, um, how to be a good storyteller on wedding days and, um, just the importance of storytelling and um and yeah sarah's got some good some good tips for us um so welcome sarah to the podcast thank you so excited to keep to chat yeah yeah i am too i am too um 
for for those uh, who uh, maybe haven't heard of your podcast or don't follow you on Instagram or wherever, um, give us a little background into your photography business, what you do, what you love photographing, all those things. Yeah, for sure. So I'm a wedding photographer with that kind of, I document weddings with a more documentary style approach. Um, And I specifically serve couples that are free spirited and sentimental. So I'm very, very niche down with my market and who I like to attract. Um, And I've been photographing weddings for 10 years now, back in like March, I totally missed my like 10 year anniversary of my business. And now I'm like, Oh yeah, holy shit. It's been 10 years. (laughs) Maybe done something special. Um, Yeah. It's been 10 years and yeah, I specialize in documenting weddings. Um, And with regards to my podcast, my shine and thrive podcast, it's a personal and business development podcast for photographers. And in there, I love to help photographers find more uh, creative freedom, time freedom, and financial freedom. Um, as you can tell, like one of my favorite things, I think one of my top values in life is having freedom. And I've learned how to create that for myself in my life and business where I don't have to, you know, sit change, change to my desk on during wedding seasons and work 15 to 16 hour days. Like I used to mm. now I work pretty much like four hour days during the week. And then I shoot on the weekends and everything gets done thanks to outsourcing. So I've created kind of like that formula for myself in my life. And I love to share that knowledge with photographers so they can also, you know, have more, again, financial freedom, time freedom. And also when it comes to storytelling on wedding days, feel that creative freedom and not feel like they have to shoot a certain way just because the industry is, or just because right. clients um, think we need to shoot a certain way. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind yeah. of what I like to focus on. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. And congratulations on 10 years. That is, that's a, that's a big accomplishment, especially like, I think the statistic is like most photography businesses, like kind of collapse after or within three years. And mm-hmm. a lot of them within a couple of years of going full time. Uh, so 10 years is a big accomplishment, um, which I, I also missed my 10 year mark um, last fall. Cause it, you know, everything was crazy in October. And then it was, I think January or February that I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was, that was 2010. Okay. Well, cool. (laughs) I'll do a big thing for 11 years. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. Yeah. And I love, I love listening to your podcast. Um, and I was on, uh, uh, I don't know, like a, a group, um, a group episode where you had um, a bunch of us. Oh yeah. The here. embarrassing shit. Yes. The photographers. Yes. yes. Yeah. I don't even remember what my stories were. <laughs> I've got a lot of different embarrassing stories. Oh my gosh. Well then um, I'll have you for the next one too. If you have more. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. <laughs> plenty of, plenty of things happen. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll put the, uh, a link. I mean, we're going to have a link to your uh, podcast in the show notes anyway. Um, but I'll also have a link to that episode. Uh, so you can hear those stories. Cause those are some good stories too. Yeah. Uh, and that was really fun. I was like, yeah, this is a good, I don't want to steal this from Sarah, yeah. but I want to do something. You're fun. not stealing man. Nothing, <laughs> nothing in this world is an original idea. It's always inspired right. from somewhere else. Yeah. So fucking do yeah. it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Just do a little, a little twist to make it John's and then yeah, it's good. It's just like, it's just like, um, just like our photos. Like we, mm-hmm. we take inspiration from other people. And as long as you're not like trying to copy exactly what they're doing, yeah. um, then you're good. And even if you try to copy exactly what they're doing, it's probably not going to turn out exactly the same because you're yeah. different. <laughs> or you're learning if it's your style or not, or you're exactly. learning 
you know what, maybe if I do this, uh, that could make it my own. And I actually prefer it that way. So it's just an always like a learning evolving thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, that's really how I found my style was trying all the different things. Mm. And, you know, the, the light, bright and airy was, I mean, it is still is uh, pretty popular, but it was very popular when I was starting off. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll do this because this is what I see on Pinterest. And this is what uh, most couples are, are wanting, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it wasn't for me. And, yeah. uh, and I was able to kind of like pivot from there and find my own path. And it took a few years, but whenever I finally got on that path, I was like, yeah, this is, this is, this is my style. These are my clients. This is great. I love that. Um, That's the best yeah. feeling. It's so like liberating. So oh, just yeah. feel so aligned with yourself and find that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, kind of speaking of like business advice and everything with the podcasts, um, is there like one piece of advice that has been a big aha moment for you in your career or just in your general life? Yes. Um, okay. There's like, there, there's so many, but the first one that right. comes to mind is you don't have to wear all the hats for everything to be done well in your business. Mm-hmm. Because I, I used to think that I used to be proud that I was so busy and that, yes, I was a one woman show. I was culling, editing, marketing, creating the album design, emailing, customer care, shooting, like every app, uh, website design, you know, all of that. And I was like, yeah, this is just how it is. This is how it is being a photographer. And I mean, for the first six years of my business, um, that's what I was doing. But then there came a point where I'm like, okay, is this actually sustainable? Like, what am I going to do when I have kids in the future, family? Mm-hmm. What about having a life where I'm not just stuck behind a computer or a camera? What, like, I've actually like lost friendships throughout the start of my career. My health declined. Like, so many things um, kind of went the opposite of way, uh, the opposite way of what I was hoping for when I did start my business. And when I did start my business, I think as we all do, we're like, we're going to have, be so free because no one's telling me what to do. I can do what I want when I want, but when you don't have like the systems in place to actually free up some time. So you have a personal life, you actually don't have the freedom and your business ends up running you instead of it, you running it. So that was like a huge wake up call to me. So I, um, I basically invested in a course as an incredible entrepreneur. I don't know if you know of James Wedmore. Have you heard of him? I've heard of him. I, I don't know a lot of his stuff. Okay. So he is just an incredible teacher teaching people how to um, like work less and make more money pretty much nice. and to kind of create that freedom in his life. So he just opened up my eyes to all the limiting beliefs that I had, which were Um, nobody can do it as well as I can. Um, Mm. why would I pay someone $300 to edit for me if I could just do it myself? Like there was so many, oh yeah, it costs too much money to outsource. That was another one that I had. So basically me realizing that it was possible, I think to take the time to train someone to do something how you do so that you can have more of that time to do only what you love the most and have a personal life and take care of your health, hang out with friends and family. That was like the most game-changing thing that's ever happened to me because now it's been four years since I've been outsourcing and I've like, it's just incredible. Cause I, I've, I, I, you can have it all. Like you can 
do what you love, be a wedding photographer, have quality time for yourself. And I'm also making the most money that I've ever made when I'm outsourcing too. So it's like, and have it all. So that's the thing that has helped me the most, I think in my career. Oh yeah. That's, and that kind of like that mindset shift of, um, that you don't have to be the one person doing everything mm-hmm. is huge. Uh, cause I also was in that mindset of, you know, like this is my business. I'm doing everything. I'm the one who's going through and doing all the calling and editing and all this, all the stuff. And yeah, I've been outsourcing as well. And it's, it's so freeing of just like, okay, like there was, there was, a uh, the beginning was a little bit rough of like, mm-hmm sharing you know uh, updates of like okay this is close but it's a little bit too like orangey a little bit too warm whatever um and then now i hardly have to do anything when i get the images back i'm just like okay yeah these all look great i will send them off um and it's it's that uh like even even just the the idea of looking at your time and how valuable your time is and it's like okay how many hours do I normally spend editing an entire wedding? Is that worth, like, if I'm going to pay myself the $300 that I would pay to outsource this, mm-hmm. what is that? Is that like, you know, $12 an hour or what, like, what, it, what do you end up making whenever you're doing it yourself versus hiring someone else who is doing that job? So that's their one sole thing that they do. Yeah, is edit photos and they're probably really good at it and they probably enjoy it. Um, so it's like, oh yeah, like if this is, uh, like it, it was, um, it was difficult for me to get to that point, um, where I was okay letting other people do things, but, uh, but kind of like what you were, what you were saying with that mindset shift of, oh yeah, these people are probably better at this than me. Um, like, album designers. My wife is a better album designer than I am. And I have hired her on to do all the album consultations and designs and all that. And then I get them back. I'm like, Oh yeah, this looks great. Like this is, this is different than, than I would have done it. And this is so much better uh, because she really enjoys it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's worth that little bit of, uh, you know, losing money, but really you're gaining time. Um, which if you're gaining time, you can put that toward your business and then make more money than you're spending. Exactly. Because the number one way we as photographers make money is through shooting, not sitting behind a computer. Right. It's kind of crazy. Cause when I, when I actually calculated one year, like I think it was back 2016, I was like, okay, how many, how much money did I make this year? Okay. Let me estimate how many hours I worked. And I was like, super honest with myself. Yeah. And I did, when I actually got the number, my hourly rate, how much I was paying myself, it was like $3 an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> what would I be like working for someone else for $3 an hour? Like what is happening? No. And as soon uh-huh. as I started like slowly outsourcing more. And, um, I mean, I teach this in depth in my outsourcing course, I'm obsessed with teaching photographers about this. And pretty much as soon as I started outsourcing more, um, I noticed that my hourly rate was going up because I was just shooting more, but not like mm-hmm. still too much, not have a life balance. Right. And then right. I was working less and making more and doing only the things that like lit my soul on fire. Right. So I'm so happy that you got to 
experienced that too. And I know exactly what you're talking about, the transition, (laughs) just like anything in life. When you're not used to something, it's a little bit messy. You need to figure it out. But Mm -hmm. when you're on the other side, it's like, oh. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think especially for like probably like Enneagram ones and Enneagram threes of letting go of that, like, no, this has to be perfect, or I have to be in control. And this is my business. I do all the things. Or like you said, like priding yourself at being so busy. Mm Because I used to do the same thing. People would ask, like, how are like, how are things going? How's business? I'm like, oh, it's so busy. Like I'm up to like two or three every morning, like getting everything done and, you know, shooting all the time and tons of editing. Or there is always that, like, you know, doing those posts of just like, you know, countless hours of editing. And then, and like, why is that? Why would I find pride in, in working myself like that? And I did something very similar to yours. So my old job before I left and did this full time, I had to calculate or like keep track of uh, which job I was working on uh, for and like clock in and out of each job. Mm -hmm. So I already had that mindset coming into photography. So I was like, Oh, I'm just gonna, I want to see where I'm spending my most time. And -hmm. it was like 80% of my time was editing. Yeah. And yeah. And then I calculated and I was like three or $4 an hour for, for everything, including travel and meetings and emails. And I was like, yeah, this is, I don't know, is this worth it to do my my own business making $4 an hour? Um, but yeah. And then after outsourcing that's gone up so much. Um, and not only do you have more time to focus on your business and shoot more and make more money, but you can also educate yourself more, um, and learn, you know, better techniques and newer things and other, uh, other stuff to really elevate your business and your client experience to where you can charge more money. So then you're charging more and shooting more. And it's just, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Everything's there's, just like there's goes no up. downside. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, I love that you mentioned Enneagram. So what, do you know your Enneagram? I don't know. Okay, I thought okay. I was a three for the longest time. Yeah. Um, but I think I might be a counterphobic six. Okay. Um, I still don't know too much. I haven't done yeah. like the, like the paid quiz and everything. Yeah. I've taken a few, uh, I haven't done the Enneagram Institute one. Okay. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. You've done, uh, maybe just like research which ones are what because you said because mm-hmm. I'm an Enneagram three and then for anyone that knows wing seven so my second one it's okay. pretty much one point away I'm a seven but a three yeah like you said it's like perfectionist you don't want to let go of control like super driven and like that was me I'm still a perfectionist and right. I mean a perfectionist can outsource and be happy with the results like anyone can <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah yeah I think I think I'm a six uh, just because let's see is three in the fear triad? See, I don't even know that stuff. I don't, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know the triads very, very well. My wife knows a lot new. more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, I like, I like, you know, Enneagram and coffee and stuff on yeah. Instagram. I'm like, these are cool. Um, or badass Enneagram is a, a good one um, to follow if anyone wants to follow Enneagram memes. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, I thought I was a three for the longest time. And I think I'm a six now because like my motivations behind things are not so much um, driven by achieving things. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but more like curiosity and sixes tend to be very curious. Um, and also like there's a, a normal six and then there's a counterphobic six. So, uh, counterphobic sixes look at things, um, like the worst case scenario, both sixes look at the worst case scenario and we're like, okay, so this could happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but sixes tend to be more like, this could happen. This is stressing me out. I've got anxiety now, uh, that kind of stuff. And counterphobic sixes tend to be like, I'm very curious about like a uh, zombie apocalypse. Okay. Right? I'm like, yeah, this could happen. And then what would we do? Where would yeah, we yeah. go? You're like yeah. less stressed. You're just more curious about it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's uh, cool. <laughs> but whenever sixes go into stress, when we're unhealthy, we go to three. Mm. And I think I was in a very unhealthy spot for a very long time. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. So three is me, mm -hmm. but I also have no idea. I've not done, <laughs> <laughs> I've not done a ton of uh, research into Enneagrams, um, but I have a lot of friends. Uh, my brother is very into it. My wife is very into it. Uh, so I get that kind of like rubbed off onto me a yeah. little bit and, and learn a little. You're the Enneagram uh, sandwich. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm, I'm very interested in today's topic with uh, storytelling at weddings. I think that like storytelling really elevates your, your photos instead of just being like a pretty photo at a mm -hmm. wedding um, to something that has context and story and all that. Um, so do you have, uh, I don't know, like a, a, an idea or belief or whatever of why storytelling is so important for weddings? Oh yeah. Um, so the first thing that comes to mind, actually there are two things. Okay. Um, number one, let's take out, let's forget about the photos at fully. Right. So I know this is weird because we're photographers, but like <laughs> number one, what is the couple's experience like on a wedding day? Do they feel free to be themselves and do what they want when they want? Or do they feel like they have to take photos for a certain amount of time and maybe look at the camera instead of spending quality time with, you know, their friends in the morning or, feel that they have to awkwardly get dressed in front of the camera. And that's the only option that they have. Like, let's think about their, their experience first, because I do believe that great storytelling starts with letting people feel that they can be themselves and do what they want when they want. Mm. Because then it leads to number two, that actually with them just like having that permission slip from us to just like, be free, do what they want, talk to who they want, when they want, we get to be on the sidelines without people being like, Oh, uh, should we look at your camera now? Or, uh, you know, like they're, they fully understand that they could do what they want. And then we are like, okay, we get to just observe and document. And as you said, I love that you said the word context, because it's like one of my favorite things to create in storytelling images. Uh -huh. Like it's not just about let's get a photo of the person giving the mom giving a speech, right? If it's just the photo of the mom giving a speech, it's like, okay, great. That happened. But if, what if we layer, what if we go to stand beside the bride where she's sitting at the table and we kind of compose the image in a way where the mom is going to be in focus speaking, the bride is going to be layered in the front of the photo to see, okay, who was the mom speaking to? And then we wait and we wait and we wait till the mom looks over at the bride, gives her that look, and we snap the photo at that time. Then we have the full context of 
what is happening, who is feeling emotional towards who, and all of that. So I think it's two things. I think it starts with fully letting our clients feel to be free. And then us also listening more than we look as well. And mm. kind of like creating mm. even like a movie in our minds of like, okay, if this was a movie, how would I tell the movie with images? So yeah, this topic gets me so excited. So I think yeah. I said more than two things. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, yeah. that's great. Yeah. And I love, I love what you were saying about like layering uh, the like especially during speeches because those do tend to fall pretty flat and they're just like here's a photo of a bridesmaid giving a speech and mm-hmm. you're like okay cool so like was this a funny part was this like you can tell a little bit from her facial expressions but other than that not so much but if you have like the bride laughing in the foreground or uh you know the I was going to call them the audience. Audience, yeah, I know. Yeah. We're used to saying it because we're podcasters. Right, yeah. yeah. Yes, the that's guests. what they are. You know, the audience at your wedding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which sometimes it feels like that. I know for our wedding, like we were, we were the center of attention and it felt like we just had a giant audience just staring at us the whole day, that's especially so during funny. the ceremony. But we were like, we're just going to block this out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you're, you're like the guests in the background laughing mm-hmm. as she's in the foreground speaking or something like that. Those layers yeah. um, really, really add a lot. Um, and as you were talking about that, like I was thinking just kind of like as someone who um, doesn't do this yet or is a little hesitant um and a kind of devil's advocate but like do you feel like you ever miss photos because you're like in a position waiting for a moment to happen when you could be taking you know 15 different photos of like back and forth um that's a great question oh my gosh this is okay so as so I'm actually creating a course right now and it's coming out end of July and it's called intuitive storytelling And it's because I have learned over the years how to tune into my intuition to let me know, kind of like along with me, like listening to the moments that are happening to Mm -hmm. know when to trust myself on, okay, I think it's time to go there now or here now. Um, And I think it just comes with experience on learning how a wedding day unfolds. And then once you have that experience of like, yeah, I kind of know that this could be happening now, or this could be happening now, then you can actually tune in this is going to sound really crazy but I actually tune my inner intuition like a radio to different people throughout the day so for example if I'm like if I need to tell the story of like what what the bride is feeling right now I'm like I tune into her and then I get a sense of what could actually happen around her I know Mm. it's it's odd but I I teach how I kind of like tune into that cool um so basically over time, trusting that intuition, that gut, and on top of it, trusting that when you're listening to things happening, even in the morning, for example, if you're, if you're maybe let's say distracted by taking photos of rings or something, and then you're still listening on the back end and you hear, Oh my goodness. And then you're like, Oh shit, fuck the rings. Like, let me go see what's happening. Like Uh keep listening. Cause then you'll be able to like get there in time and get those moments. Um, so that's kind of how we do it. I just, I tune into my intuition and I trust it. Um, and there's actually one more thing that I wanted to say of why I think storytelling is also important, um, is the, the whole point to, I think us being photographers is we want to 
create like a sort of time machine for our clients to be able to look at those photos and then be transported to how they felt in that moment. And I do believe that the more context there is in an image, the more it'll kind of stir up those feelings. Because mm -hmm. if there's just, let's say there's, let's say there's mm, the groom getting ready in the morning and we just get a photo of him standing by a window putting on his tie, right? Um, he'll be like, okay, cool. I, I guess I look good, right? But if you're paying attention and maybe looking how mom is looking at him from the side and he's doing it naturally, or maybe how his friends are like egging him on and you're getting a wide of all these people interacting with him, he'll be like, yeah, she was there. He was there. And this is how I felt. And look at us all laughing together. Those are the drinks we were having in the background. I, rem I remember how that beer tasted, like all these memories come flooding back because of all the context around in the image. Right. So that's another reason why I think it's so important is for them to remember how they felt even more. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause that's like, that's really our goal as wedding photographers is to, to capture their day well to where it's bringing them back to that moment and taking people like uh, we've, we've made friends. Uh, we got married eight and a half years ago and we've made a lot of friends in that eight and a half years that we're not at our wedding mm -hmm. and now we're close friends, but they can look through our wedding album and they can feel how it was yeah. that day because of the context and the storytelling of those photos, instead of just like, here's a pretty photo of like me staring at the camera and adjusting my tie yeah. um, and, uh, and, and all that. So yeah, I, I love, I love that. I think that is, um, I think that's, that's very important uh, to keep in mind as you're going. And I love the, the radio intuition, uh, thing. Um, because like you were saying with the rings, I used to spend so much time doing flat lays and putting everything together. Cause that's what Pinterest told me that everyone wanted. Uh, mm -hmm. so that's what I was doing. And then there was one day where I had been at the wedding for probably 30 minutes or so. And I was doing a flat lay and like trying to balance the rings and all this. And then I heard laughter coming out of the bridal suite. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do any more of this. Like what I got is good. I'm going in there and I, I need to get these moments because that's what's happening. That's what they're going to rem remember. Mm -hmm. I still get those photos. Like I'll do a couple of, of details, but that's not my focus anymore because my focus is on the people because that's what they're going to remember of the day. And they're not going to be like, oh yeah, I remember whenever John took all my stuff and then like he made this photo and this looks great because it has my, like my jewelry and my perfume over here. Um, but they're going to remember like spraying the perfume on or, yeah. or like, uh, like with the, the groom tying his tie, that context of, um, there was one that I, I had shot where I got that window lit him tying his tie and that was it. But one of the groomsmen was holding his phone with a YouTube tutorial of how to yeah. tie a double Windsor knot. And I was like, that would have been such a better image and mm -hmm. a better, uh, you know, more context of storytelling uh, to like shoot through the groomsman's arm uh yeah. and like get that or like over the shoulder like with the video in focus or something where it's layering those things to where they're like oh yeah i remember that video 
yeah. uh, instead of like, oh yeah, I did wear a tie. Uh, <laughs> And actually, I mean, all it comes down to also, like what they want to remember is connection, mm-hmm. just who they were mm-hmm. connecting with. Like, because I think mostly we were, we want to look back at photos to remember the experience we had, how we felt, but also how we felt with those around us, who we loved, who loved us, all those things as well. Yeah. And I think also there's like a misconception that when you're shooting more real raw documentary style, that the photos won't look good or pretty. Mm-hmm. And I kind of, so I, I learned a lot, like, I think it was like six years ago, I stumbled upon Tyler Workin. I don't okay. know if you've heard of him. I haven't, but oh, I'm going to so look he's him up. Like a, he's a very, like very like raw documentary style wedding photographer, a lot of like darker okay. work, black and white. Right. Mm, okay. I loved like, um, kind of learned from it. I loved his approach to how he's just like, you guys do you. And that's, fine like whatever you want to do and but and he like keeps it very documentary style I'm like I see the world in a brighter way so I'm like you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna take everything that I love that I learned from him create that experience for my couples feel confident to shoot documentary style but I'm gonna edit in a different way and so Mm -hmm. I think what I've done is kind of combined like pretty photos with real and they're kind of a little bit more warm and bright but also very like raw so that's kind of like how I figured out my style there. Cause a lot of documentary work that I see is just like darker or black and white, but I'm like, that's just not right. my style. Yeah. So. Cause that's like traditionally <laughs> photojournalism, like <laughs> humanitarian work, like photos at war or something where a lot of those were black and white or like darker because, you know, that was the scene and the mood of, or yeah. like the, the feelings that they were wanting to convey in the photos Mm-hmm. And with weddings, you don't always want it to be dark and moody unless that's your style and that's what the couple's yeah. hiring you for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I love that. And again, inspiration uh, from Tyler, you said? Tyler yeah, Workin? Tyler Workin. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. you you drew inspiration from Tyler instead of just being like, okay, I love what he does. I'm just going to copy him and change my style. You're like, I love what he does in this aspect. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take that little puzzle piece and fit it into my style yeah. uh, and, and draw that in. Um, are you, are you more, cause it sounds like he's like full on, I don't touch anything. I'm just going to shoot. Like, do you move things around a little bit? Like if there's like this rogue water bottle or something, will you move that? Or do you just like shoot straight, whatever it is? Pretty much 95% of the time, I'm just shooting it as it is. And then if there's like the most prettiest scene and naturally, maybe they're at a really nice Airbnb and mm-hmm. she's about to put on her wedding dress. And I, I don't really even tell them where to stand. It's just like, they just do it. And then I'm like, it's perfect. And then there's like a water bottle. I'm like, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah you got me. I'll take the water bottle away. You know, yeah. quickly. But I don't want anyone to like notice me all day, like moving things around and trying to make things perfect. Cause then in their minds, they're being like, okay, Sarah, if you need help, let us know if we need to move anything. And then they're not mm-hmm. present. They're thinking about helping the photographer instead of being there. So I never want to be like frantically cleaning up a room because then they're going to think that they have to do that. Right. So again, experience always comes first. Um, and then of course, like every now and then, if there's like lights on in the room and I turn them off and they're not, it's not like super dark and awkward for them. I'm like, yeah, I'll turn off the lights to make sure I have better natural light. 
Um, and then another thing he said he doesn't do, he's like, if there's like a big ass exit sign where they're like coming into the, the reception and it's like, you know, bright ass exit sign. He's like, uh -huh. nope, that's how it is. I'm leaving it how it is. Like I personally, I'm like, you know what? I want the eye to go to the moment. So I don't mind editing that out. So yep. he's more like, that's how it was. I'm not touching it. And I'm like, eh, I'll, I can edit that out. So oh, yeah. that's kind of where we differ there. Yeah. I feel like uh, I've heard this before where like there's a line between um, just, you know, any, any old photographer and more of the luxury photographer. And that is editing out uh, exit signs <laughs> <laughs> because, because uh, there's so many photos that I'll see and I'm like, Oh yeah, there's, there's a bright green exit sign right there. <laughs> and all of mine, I'm like, you know, and it doesn't take long to just like clone out. Yeah. An exit sign, unless it's super dark and then it's like casting red across the entire wall. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna take a bit, but yeah, that's that's funny that you brought up exit signs because I had recently heard that that's like the the hurdle into the luxury market is so editing funny. out those exit signs. <laughs> is there anything that you do with the couples, like kind of priming them for the wedding day, to where? Um, they're not showing up on the wedding like okay okay like, like let me let me clean up or I'm just gonna smile at you while I'm getting my makeup done do you prime them a little bit before about your your shooting style and philosophy and all that I love this question and I basically do it through my Instagram my website when I send them the pricing PDF with all the information and mm -hmm. the online galleries that I send them when they first reach out to me. Um, because I used to find that like when I first started, I would write on my website, Oh, I shoot just moments documentary style, but my photos on my website were portraits. So I wasn't right. walking the talk, right? Mm -hmm. Same as on my Instagram. So that's why if, if you go to my website, sarahmonica.com, Sarah, no H Monica with a K, you'll go to my portfolio and it's all, it's pretty much 85% candid moments where no one's looking or paying attention to me. And like the 15% portraits, cause I still love portraits and I still love showing that I do those. Um, but nothing, no family photos, no wedding party photos. I want to specifically filter people through my website that want that as the priority that they want those moments captured as their priority. And even on my Instagram, I train my audience there. Can I see audience there? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I train my audience there that that's my approach. And I talk about like, if I show a storytelling image, I say, um, this is when the guys decided to just chill in their regular clothes on a boat in the morning and drink some beers. And I'm like, I'm always down for that. So see how it's like training even like my future couples to be like, Oh, that's an option for our wedding day. Right. Mm -hmm. So it all starts with Instagram. Cause usually that's where people find me. Then it filters like the same. I show up the same way on my website. And then in my price guide, I pretty much only have candid photos the whole way through. And when I send the full gallery examples, it's pretty much like, like there's no, I don't do hanging dress shots. Cause I really do believe that it looks better on the bride anyway. Yes. And Literally, I only sometimes if the um, the bride is like, oh, is it, like, do you mind just getting it? Because it means a lot to me. Like, uh -huh. 100 percent, of course, like I'll, I'll get it for you. But other than that, they're like, yeah, I don't really care for that. So throughout the whole process, the way that I show up, I, I train them that way. And then guess what that does? It eliminates client meetings. 
guess what that does? It gives us more freedom more in the free things, uh-huh. <laughs> right? So like, because I'm still super, super clear every single step of the way, what their experience is going to be like, what my expectations are of them, which is basically nothing like do you on the wedding day. Um, then we don't have to have that like chat. And I mean, there's a, a lot more with my workflow that goes along with this, like the questionnaires that I send out before wedding day, um, which I teach in the intuitive storytelling course, but yeah, it's just, it's very strategic about how I show up online. And it's again, very liberating to just show up authentically as yourself and creating the experience that you want to create. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, that builds that trust with the couples that are finding you yes. and like, okay, yeah, she's actually showing up and doing what she says, um, yeah. which is a huge thing. If uh, like, I would recommend anyone who's listening right now to pull up your website what is your brand position? What are you trying? Like, you know, are you a candid photographer? You know, what is it that you're like saying to attract in these couples? And then do your images line up with that? Yeah. You have to walk the talk. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mine did not. I was in the same boat. I was like, yeah, real and raw emotions and all that. And I went to a workshop, um, with uh, a friend, uh, Devin Robinson, um, out of, uh, Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, and he was doing an audit of my website. And he was like, yeah, real and raw emotions, John, I love it. And then he was like, what is this image? Yeah. Is this real and raw? Is this a couple like posed at a sunset? Okay. What's the next one? Oh, another couple posed. Yeah. That's not very yeah. real and raw. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not. Okay. Yeah, no, I get it. And like that night, I was just like taking all those images out and like still leaving a few, like you said, because that is important. And that is part of the day. But even whenever you look at the wedding day, that's like 5% of the time is staging people to take photos. Most of it is the, the storytelling, that raw, candid, finding the emotions, using that, that radio intuition to, Mm -hmm. to find uh, the moments that are going to be the, you know, the people laughing over here or grandma wiping a tear away during the ceremony and mm-hmm. things like that, uh, that they really care about. That's what, if that's your brand, that's what you need to be showing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, everyone do an audit on your website and your social media, like right now. And, mm-hmm. and if you're only showing photos of portraits and that's not your brand, pivot just a little bit. Yeah. Um, you don't have to do like a whole full overhaul or anything, but yeah, just kind of be mindful as you're, as you're doing all that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, that's great. And, um, there's, there's something that I learned from, uh, Lanny and Erica Mann of, uh, two man studios also in Canada, mm-hmm. um, very far away from you, uh, yeah. over on, over on the West side. Um, but they, um, they said that whenever they show up, cause they're also very candid, natural storytelling. Um, and, and I took these, these statements from them, uh, because it's exactly, uh, it really helps, uh, just kind of prime everyone. Like, like you were saying, you, you help prime your couple. Mm-hmm. Um, so whenever I show up, I just reiterate the, like, I have two rules. One is you don't have to look at the camera. Like these are not, one, two, three, say cheese yeah. photos. Like, like don't look that. at the camera unless I say, Hey, Sarah, can we get a, you know, let me get a picture of you looking at the camera. And other than that, 
just go do what you're doing. And two, you are never in my way. Um, because that like I would have so many where I was like framing through like a bridesmaid like (laughs) sipping on a mimosa and I was like I'm gonna get the bride and like the hair and makeup in the back and then they're like oh no sorry and then move out of the way I'm like ah no like I was using you yeah Um, I was using you (laughs) (laughs) but like having those where um you just kind of say that to everyone because you know the family and the the wedding party they're usually not it's not like the the couple's like hey just so you know this is going to be yeah. very storytelling because uh, they may not even yeah realize that they're uh taking in that information that you're showing on your website and everything yeah I love that you do that because I I do the same thing I have like my spiel like when oh. I show up to the getting ready parts and I do yeah. like an announcement that literally takes one minute just like you did uh-huh. and yeah it's so important to have that announcement because everybody needs to be on board so that you don't have people randomly like. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it tends to be only the children that really will like look at the camera. And sometimes those are the best for, I'm just like laying on the floor, trying to get this angle and then yeah. just like looking like... at me. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's good. Um, what, what do you look at, look for? I mean, you, you kind of mentioned like the, the whole radio intuition deal, um, on a wedding day, but what do you look for, um, to, to pull out the, the storytelling, the context, um, throughout the wedding day and you don't have to go like yeah. throughout the entire day, but maybe just like yeah. a couple, couple of trying to understand what you mean. What do I look for? Yeah. Like, um, are you looking for, uh, certain moments or, um, I know you kind of mentioned like the layering, um, Mm -hmm. and we could get a little bit deeper into layering and how to really, um, set up those like good framed, um, shots. Yeah. Uh, And just kind of like having that intuition of, oh, I know this is going to happen. I can set myself up in this area. Yeah. So I think, okay, what I look for, I think the first thing that I do is I, I listen and then to where the connection is happening, whether it's laughter being, sharing a story, um, you know, an emotional moment, I'm, I make sure to position myself and I compose my image first in a way that I'm just, well, first, if it's happening right when I get there, I'm shooting a shit out of it. Like composition, I think is like the last thing that needs to matter. But then if you're there and then you're, you have the camera to your face and you're just kind of listening and listening, and then you, you have that time to compose a nicer image. So maybe you can step back a little bit, make sure the lines in the room are straight, make sure if they're in the kitchen, you're showing a little bit of the cupboards, the drinks that they're drinking, and then you can show them having a conversation. And then you're waiting and waiting until it's like, and then the punchline and they're like, Oh, and I'm like, then I'm shooting it. So I think the whole time I'm just like trying to create these like context images of, I want them to remember where they were. And on top of that, my goal for every single image uh, is if someone is looking at this photo that was never at the wedding and doesn't even know these people, do they know what was happening? Yeah. Right. That's like my goal as many times as possible, because if that's a standalone image that someone can just tell what's happening, then I've done my job. 
Um, another thing I always ask is like, why am I about to take this photo? Am I about to take the photo because I feel awkward and I feel like everyone thinks I should be working. So I'm just going to snap the photo, but there's really like (laughs) nothing happening or am I taking it because I really do think it adds to the story. And I think that they will love this memory. Um, so I'm very also, I don't just like snap for no reason. I also just Uh consciously snap. And then when it comes to layering, um, I think it comes down to, I like to, oh yeah, this is a fun one. So I like to think of a wedding day unfolding in many different stories because every person's perspective, whether it's the mom, dad, brother, groom, bride, they are all experiencing a different story through their perspective. Uh So let's say if a moment is happening where, again, the guys are in the kitchen laughing and having a drink. Okay, I'm getting that shot, but then I'm like, who's behind me? I'm just quickly looking. Oh, the mom, the parents are staying there and they're just like enjoying seeing their son have so much fun. So then I quickly, I got the shots of the guys. I feel good about that. I run around kind of maybe beside the groom's shoulder. And then I shoot beside him to get the parents looking at them. So it's kind of like, I'm always doing a 360 and I'm like, Oh, that's the best man. Let me see how the best man sees the groom. So I go beside him and get the, so I'm always like, thinking through everyone's eyes too. And that's when I do the layering to like, remember how will the parents also want to see the photos of their experience of the day too. Right. Yeah. Cause for sure we're there to photograph, you know, for the couple, but also for their family, for their friends who are going to get these images and for the couple to see from the perspective of like his parents watching them, uh, like I love that during like first dances and everything, like I'll get a few safe shots of yeah. a couple they're dancing. That's cool. Um, but then I'm like, uh, you know, going around behind uh, her parents and, and getting them like waiting for that, like the, the tissue to come up and getting that shot or something. Um, yeah. though I love that. And I, I love that you said, um, earlier about, uh, whenever you're composing everything is having the camera to your face. Cause I think so many times we just leave the camera down by our side yeah. and we're looking around and then maybe something happens. It's like, Oh, oh yeah. man, I missed it. I don't know how many times that I've missed a great moments and even, you know, not so great moments, but something that yeah. would have been a, a great moment to capture. Um, because I didn't, I wasn't ready. And, and just like, I always feel like, uh, like a T-Rex kind of just like with my, with my short arms, just (laughs) like with my camera, like right here by my chest, just looking around. That's Um, so funny. I feel like I'm now I have that in my mind. I'm not going to be able to forget that. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. I need to get (laughs) one of these uh, upcoming weddings. I'll have to get one of my second photographers to be like try and get me whenever I'm like looking around like a T-Rex <laughs> yeah. um because it's it's constantly because I want to have my camera here because even if I'm shooting from the chest mm-hmm. like you know back button focus I I know like it's probably going to be fine if it's happening like a split yeah. second and I don't have time to pull up to my face yeah but having your camera ready to take photos <laughs> of moments is is really important um, i can't i'm sorry i like you having your arms <laughs> up like that now i just can't just look at someone <laughs> you oh, yeah. need that photo of yourself i do i do perfect thing to like put a post on instagram and be like this is my t-rex moment <laughs> yes t-rex john um but like yeah 
like if if like you're there being paid to document the moments and for sure there are some boring moments at weddings especially in the morning and like everyone's getting hair and makeup done and maybe they don't really want a ton of photos right now because they're in the process of getting makeup done um or you know you're just there like i had one wedding where they had me arrive before the bride woke up and i was just standing there like okay uh, I can take pictures of this like fruit platter, um, <laughs> but there's not a lot going on. But like that's those are the times where instead of just being like, okay, cool, I'm gonna take a break, um, you can like turn on that extra creative mm-hmm. energy. Like, okay, so there's nothing going on right now. How can I make this nothing be interesting? Yeah, and and then looking for layering, looking for um, like there's a kid over here playing on an iPad. What does the wedding look like from his perspective? Yeah. And, and doing that kind of stuff where it's not just like, okay, well, the groom is busy. Uh, like grooms in the shower, not going to jump in there with him right now. Uh, so like what else is going on? And if everything's boring, you can, uh, get those creative juices going a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, Which oftentimes leads to amazing it's amazing so storytelling and, yeah and, story. and even if nothing's happening you can easily just chat if literally nothing is happening literally there's one person there they're waiting for everyone else and you're just them, there with them maybe you can just chat with them so you can you can earn their trust throughout the day and make them feel comfortable because maybe that could lead to some more emotional photos of them because they have their kind of guard down around you so it's mm-hmm. always something to do yeah yeah i love it and uh not a in, in the comments was saying earlier how you were talking about um, like tuning into people's uh, perspectives. Mm-hmm. And she was saying that that's how she shoots as well. And you put it into words perfectly, um, oh. just tuning into different people and moments and anticipating where to be instead of just like standing there waiting for something to happen. You can anticipate, Oh, I see the mother of the groom walking this way. Oh, I bet she's going to like, pin a boutonniere on or something or she hasn't seen him all dressed up yet mm-hmm. I'm gonna go get over his shoulder and get yeah. her walking through the door and like being intuitive of uh of what's going on and that comes with experience for sure like my fourth wedding I didn't know what was going on uh <laughs> I didn't even know like I think my fourth wedding was the one that I didn't get a photo of the bride and her dad um all day uh, just somehow they weren't around and I didn't make it a point to, to tell that part of the story. Um, and she was not very happy. Um, but that like stuck with me yeah. since then. Um, but yeah, yeah like as, exactly. Yeah. Um, which is why I love uh, podcasting and like educating because mm-hmm. I did not have, I don't even know if there were any photography podcasts out no. years ago. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I think there was cereal and um, that's about it. And that I lived help. off of uh, creative live back then. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't have any friends in the industry. I didn't like, I, I kind of like started at a venue where I was working at the venue. Um, so I didn't even have other like non-photography industry friends. My God, we have like such so. similar stories because oh, I yeah? I started off totally alone too for like the first three, four years. And then I found out about Facebook photographer groups. I'm like, oh, what? 
Yeah. Really? And you yeah. can actually just like hang out with other photographers at meetups. <gasps> and that like helped so much. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then I was like, wait, there are photography educators that like yeah. teach their experience over the years. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, and now I'm like, I want to be that. I want to, mm-hmm. I want to help you. Like if this is, you've done two weddings or you've only second shot or whatever, like taking my decade of experience and just like pouring it out. Um, because it is, it's a scary world out there to jump into. And it's a really important day for your couple and for their families. Um, and you don't want to mess that up with not getting certain photos or, you know, uh, just not knowing what's going on. Uh, cause a lot of times they, they do, especially if there's no coordinator, they kind of turn to us and they're like, so when do we need to do these photos yeah. <laughs> or when should I get in my dress? Like, oh yeah. Um, 15 minutes ago. Um, but yeah. Okay. So this has been like so, so many great things. Um, oh, just to, just to kind of summarize a few things that, uh, the listeners can do, um, moving forward, kind of getting more into storytelling or things to keep in mind, uh, as they're moving forward into the next weddings, what are a few, a few tips yet? Um, it's not about you. It's about them. So mm. don't go in with expectations of this is how it should be. This is how wedding day should be. This is how their personality should be. This is how everyone else should be around me. And like, go in, like understanding that these humans have never had this experience before. You've seen maybe a lot of weddings or a couple, like wherever you're at. Um, but when you have expectations going into a situation that automatically makes you not present. And when you're not present to the situation, you actually can miss seeing all the beauty that's unfolding in front of you naturally. Um, and they, I mean, everyone that's there gets like, it deserves to have their story told of how their story is and not the expectation that you have in their mind. So Mm -hmm. if you can just kind of like do your best to prep as best as you can before a wedding day to have all the information you need, have all the family photos written out, all of that. When it comes time to portrait time, yes, it's your time to, to kind of like shine and direct more. Right. But outside of that, like, let's, um, let's just like give them that space and time to be and let the story unfold and trust that their story will unfold the way it's meant to, and you're there to document it. So that would probably be number one. Um, number two, I would probably say, no matter what is happening, have a smile on your face. No matter how stressed out you are on the inside, just like emanate super chill energy because yep. you don't want to affect other people, even though, even if the day is running behind, half an hour behind, whatever. At the end of the day, that's not what matters. What matters is the experience that they have. And if you're another person or another vendor that's adding stress to that day, the memory of the day for them won't be happy. It'll be more stressful. Yeah. So just kind of like know that everything at the end of the day will work out how it's supposed to and just keep a smile on your face. Then go to the bathroom and be like, holy fuck, holy fuck, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? I got this. I got this. Give yourself a pep talk and then come out and be like, hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say those are those are the two that come to mind right now. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that is perfect. Yeah. Those are those are those are great tips. Um, well, cool. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for, for coming on the show before we wrap things up and you can tell people where they can follow you and, uh, listen to your podcast and all that. Um, I've got part of the show where, uh, we talk about what we're loving this week. Um, it could be, 
movies, books, TV shows, could be a new food or whatever. Um, uh, is there anything that you are loving this week? Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh, so, okay. Lately, more than more that more like the last six months than this week, pretty much all the time, all I want is a burrito bowl for lunch. And okay. I get it with a ton of extra, extra, extra pickled onions. They probably think I'm crazy there because I like layer <laughs> the pickled onions on there. And then when I'm eating it at home, Roy, my uh, fiance has this thing where he can't like, he can't take certain sounds. And here I'm like crunching these onions. He's like, oh yeah, Whoa. but I'm like obsessed <laughs> with these burrito bowls right now. So that's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm really into right now. Oh, and bachelorette, nice. bachelorette every Monday. Yeah. Just started like, back up. Yeah, it's my like guilty pleasure, what I use to turn off my brain and eat some cheese, have some wine. So nice. yeah, nice. that's what I'm loving. Um, as for where you guys can find me, so I hang out on Instagram a lot. Feel free to DM me with any questions that you have. Uh, my Instagram is Sarah Monica Photo, and that's Sarah no H and Monica with a K because I'm Polish. So shout out to all the Polakis out there. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can tune into my podcast called the Shine and Thrive Podcast. And also, if you guys wanted access to like the actual questions, I send my couples for their family and friends questionnaire, which you're like probably even thinking, what is that? Um, it's like a tool that I use that helps me really understand who's going to be there at their wedding and why those people are important to them. Um, you can go to sarahmonica.com forward slash 18 and you can download the cheat sheet from there with all the questions. So it has like a coinciding episode that goes along with it that explains the cheat sheet. But yeah, that's where you can uh, download it. So it's nice. sarahmonica.com forward slash 18. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that sort of um, checklist and questionnaire before the wedding helps so much. Because um, I, I used to not ask their names and I ask their names now. So that I can be like, hey, Patty, we need you over here yeah. uh, for this instead of um, Grim's mom. Where did, yeah. where did your mom go? Um, and, and then they yeah. think special, right? Right. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. like, oh, you know my name. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Okay, cool. And you said that was um, 18? Yeah. SarahMonica.com forward slash 18. Sweet. Okay. Well, cool. That's awesome. Um, and. Oh, back to what you were loving, the uh, the Bachelorette. Do you happen to listen to the podcast, uh, the Popcast? No. With Knox and Jamie? Okay, no. so their, um, like their tagline is, like they do, oh, I always forget what the tagline is, uh, but it's like, it's a pop culture podcast about um, entertaining things that don't matter. And they have, for their Patreon, they do... Um, like a recap of the Bachelor and Bachelorette episodes every nice. Tuesday. Yeah. And my wife and I are on their Patreon. So we'll oh, like every Tuesday, we just listen to like, we don't really watch the show all that much, <laughs> but the recap is so funny. And like they give people um, nicknames. Cause I don't know if, um, if on the show, Katie had this nickname last season when she was a bachelor contestant mm -hmm. um but she was the one that brought a vibrator yeah for, like whenever she met matt i think his name was yeah i think um, yeah so they nicknamed her katie vibrady 
Oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah. So now, like, that's who I know her as is Katie Vibrating. That's so and I was funny. like, oh yeah, she's the new Bachelorette. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, I love that. She literally showed up to because it was like a COVID season. She's like, right. I just have, you know, I brought along something that means a lot to me. It's kept me company throughout the whole like. <laughs> quarantine and then she whips it out and Matt's like what the hell and then now she's like the first like like very like sex positive open like about her sexuality bachelorette and I'm like yes yeah. the world needs this. this is so good yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah I haven't because I, I don't know we're like a couple episodes in at this point yeah. I think yeah I think we're season. like two yeah yeah and I haven't listened to it yet um the the recaps so uh, oh, that's gonna, exciting. Gonna definitely be look forward that. to. <laughs> yeah. They also do like a, before every season, they'll go through the uh the casting and like give their commentary on each of the guys. Um, and that was very entertaining uh for all the guys in this season. Um, but yeah, oh that's awesome. I, I am loving um what am I loving? I'm loving uh a comedy special on Netflix. Um it's been out for for a while, but my wife and I watched it again the other day, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is so good, and it's wedding related, um, oh. so it's even funnier um, for us." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's um, Liza Schlesinger, and um, she's hilarious. She's got a few comedy specials on Netflix, and this one is called Unveiled um, because it's right after she got married. So she talks about like the the tradition of wearing a garter and like how weird that is oh and just a ton of jokes I about need to that. listen to this that's and, awesome oh it's so good and like her <laughs> she does a bunch of voices and like all this crazy stuff uh so definitely worth worth seeing um seeing her do this on on Netflix but yeah it's called Unveiled um and Schlesinger is uh, quite a last name so like liza is just l-i-z-a um and then all of her stuff will pop up um, but yeah i'll also have a link to that um as well in the show awesome notes. such a great little show notes resource section that oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah um do you mind also if i uh tell your listeners a little bit about the intuitive storytelling course coming yes up? please i'm very interested in that awesome so uh, yeah, I've been working on this baby um, for a couple years now. Uh, luckily, right before the pandemic hit, I <clears throat> had a videographer follow me around for a whole wedding day in 2019. Nice. And I, this is, I'm so happy I listened to my intuition that year because I'm like, I feel like I have to get this footage now, even though I'm not ready to create the course yet. So yeah, I have pretty much, you get to shadow me virtually on a whole wedding day. And I like teach so much about everything that I do every step of the way. Um, and I even teach how I tune into my intuition, my workflow leading up to a wedding day with couples, my workflow after a wedding day, um, and even like a little handbook of getting over some of your fears and limiting beliefs about shooting in a more storytelling way. So yeah, the course will be coming out end of July, 2021, um, which I'm super excited about. And yeah, I, I let me know if any of you have any questions about it. And yeah finished awesome. filming yesterday so I had an exhausting nice. weekend but it's that kind of like 
that exhaustion that's like holy shit that part's done i'm so excited so yeah oh yeah yeah i was following along in your instagram stories and <laughs> like okay yeah like your lunch break with like the backwards sweater and everything to not yeah. get, get all dirty i was like eating oh, that's, the burrito bowl that's smart. I was eating, eating the burrito, the burrito bowl. bowl there you go yeah <laughs> but yeah that's exciting that's that's a huge thing uh to put together a whole course um so I'm excited for that in July. And uh, this episode, anyone who's listening um, to it on the podcast, uh, this course will probably be coming out in the next week or two. Uh, So Mm -hmm. we'll have a link to that um, once that is live in the show notes. Um, And of course, links to uh, everywhere where you can find Sarah. So Sarah, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed this one. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. I feel like we could literally keep talking for hours, but I'm like, I know. Yeah. I was looking at the people time like move on with their lives. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, we're just going to do like part two and three yeah. and then we'll release this later. It was so great chatting with Sarah. Uh, seriously, we could have gone on for hours. Uh, plight of the podcasters, I guess. Um, but Sarah brought so much great insight into how to prepare and to carry out documentary style storytelling photos at weddings. We have the links to all of the things in today's episode, including Sarah's freebie questionnaire template. Um, so head on over there to lightdarkco.com slash podcast slash 71. This podcast was recorded in front of a live Facebook audience where you can ask questions and interact with us and make it more than just listening on your favorite podcast app. To join us live next time, just search for Light and Dark Photography Podcast Group on Facebook. Join the community. I'd love to see you in there. This episode was edited by me, John Mansfield, and our theme song is by the talented John Isaac. You can follow the show on Instagram at lightdarkco. Sarah is at Sarah Monica Photography, and that's Sarah with no H and Monica with a K. And you can find me at All Heart Photo. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a review. I would love to hear from you. Until next week, I'll see you in the Facebook group. Bye-bye. Drinks water. Clears throat.